Welcome to Left Foot. We invite fresh conversation on business development. Now here's your host, Nicole Giantonio. Today's episode is sponsored by Lawline, a leading provider of online continuing legal education to attorneys nationwide. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Left Foot. Today's guest is a litigator and counselor specializing in all aspects of employment law. She's efficient and effective, providing clients with options that achieve results. The managing partner of Cyfars Sacramento office, Christina Lowney. Welcome to Left Foot. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. Great to have you here. Christina, which of your personal strengths or habits have allowed you to be successful in developing business? That is a broad question. I'll answer it with a theoretical answer, which may sound silly, but it really has been the way that I've I've made my way through my legal career. It's led me to developing the business that I have now as well. Quite honestly, just a genuine curiosity and interest in the law and legal developments. So through certain developments that I have followed, certain cases that I've worked on when I was an associate, I dove into the law and made sure I really understood it and would then follow all the cases coming out on that law and dig into the legislative history and read articles about it to see what the trends were on the business side of those legal developments and then continue to follow them. And through that, I, you know, over time funneled into two main specialties under my umbrella of employment law. And I've zeroed in on those throughout the years and developed a real expertise in those areas that has since become known to people within my firm that I am one of the experts, you know, in the legal industry in these areas and to the the outside world as well and to clients. Through those activities, I've written blogs on these areas. I've presented in these areas and I've presented both to industry groups and on CLE presentations and presented to clients. And it has snowballed from there in terms of credentialing me in these areas and having clients even sometimes cold call me and say, hey, I saw your presentation or I read your blog and I really do get it that you know what you're doing in this area of the law. So we'd like to hire you to help us. That is a fantastic way of establishing yourself in the market. Was it intentional? I'm working on cases in this particular area. Your point about curiosity and the cases and following them, any point along the way, did you pivot or did you just say, hey, this seems to be of interest to me, so I'm going to continue? I had to make a conscious decision, I think, at some point that I was going to really dive in in earnest in these two areas, the two areas being one of them is really following California employment legislative developments, which spills over into a variety of topics, but is focused on the legislative side, and then also an ADA Title III disability access practice. The legislative side of things, I became involved in that because of my job prior to coming to CIFARTH. So I already had a little bit of a background in it and a little bit of an interest in it. But when I arrived at CIFARTH, I realized there wasn't even anybody internally who was really tracking these developments and digesting the developments in a very easy to understand practical for our attorneys internally who needed to know what was going on to be able to update clients. And then I realized, well, gee, there's a hunger for this for our clients as well. So I just decided, well, nobody else is doing it and there's clearly a need and a want. And I'm really enjoying following the laws anyway and and as they go through the process. So I developed a newsletter at that point pre 
blogging that we would send out to clients periodically updating them on what was going on in the California legislative process. It sort of came up organically through my interest and my obsession at some point in terms of, you know, oh, geez, what's what's happening with this bill? I need to look it up. Has there been action on it? And then realizing that there was a void that was screaming to be filled in terms of providing clients with information. On my disability access practice side, a little bit of the same. That came out of one of the first cases I had at Farth as a brand new attorney here, I was able through that case to really dig into the regulations, which, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen through cases that you have that opportunity. Sometimes it does. And this time it did. And it turns out that very few people had dug into the regs like I had from that fortuitous experience. I knew a lot more about this area of the law than a lot of other people from there. Maybe it came from my interest in just digging deep into statutes and regulations, but then following them as they grow and as they're interpreted, I decided that I was going to focus in that area and continue to stay up to date. And what's since then turned into be a fairly rapidly developing area of the law that's also overlapped into some emerging trends with accessible websites and accessible technology. So it's also been fun to to see it grow and change in different ways and, and be on the cutting edge of that. First off, it happened over time. I can say to our listeners in our pre call chat, you said that a lot of your business development effort has come somewhat organically. And I can see that when you establish yourself in a particular space, in a niche, when you establish yourself in something very specific, both internally and externally, you begin to get recognized. And then of course, it can help you grow your business organically because people will be seeking you out as a specialist in that area. And I do think teaching, continuing education, those things help funnel that. At this point, as the managing partner in the Sacramento office, I'm sure you have have either newer partners or later stage associates coming to you and asking for advice on their business development responsibilities as they either are starting or looming out there. What is your advice? Do you recommend that they do something similar, find something they're quite interested in and dig in further? Or is there other advice you might provide? The first thing I always say to them is loosen up. Don't don't worry about it so much. It'll come because it doesn't need to be like I did it or the same way that I did it by any means means at all. But I do think that if you are an attorney, you need to be very good at what you do. And so many times we have associates who are so eager or think that down the line, if they want to become a partner, they need to have a big book of business. And so they need to start today. Day one, developing that business, they're going to be a failure or never going to succeed. If they don't, you're going to be a failure if you don't learn to be a good attorney first, because that's just what you have to do to practice law. So focus on being really good at your craft first and don't put pressure on yourself to also be thinking you have to develop business at the same time because you really can't develop business until you are able to start developing a reputation for being good at what you do and getting known to be good at what you do amongst your peers within your firm or your office. And then that naturally flows to outside of your office. And you also don't want to miss that opportunity by trying to fast forward your career too much much to learn from all of the incredible mentors around you who have been through it, each of whom have a different style of business development as well, and going on pitches with them or offering to help them with presentations or writing articles. You learn from every single one of those experiences. Through that, you develop your own style, and it helps you figure out, well, 
this works for this guy and I really like that and this works for this other guy but I really don't think that I like that or that it would work for me whereas if you think you you just are going to figure it out on your own you've really missed out on this opportunity to learn from the folks around you as to what has worked for them. I would also say though constantly be reflecting on what you do well, what you don't do so well, what you love and what you don't like to do, both within your job as an attorney or whatever other area it is, and just in life generally. And then focus on those love and what you're good at attributes and figure out how you can hone those into your business development strategy. I think so many people try to so often just think that they should be out there meeting everybody that they should meet or going to every meeting of certain groups because that's where potential client targets are, but if those sorts of activities are not what you love and not what really within your strengths, they're never going to work for you. Whereas if you're an incredible writer or have some other amazing skill that you love to do, if you think more strategically about how you can use that to reach potential clients or to demonstrate your expertise in a way that will result in clients coming to you, then that's going to be far more effective for you. So spend your time reflecting on that and developing a strategy using that rather than just rushing out and spending all your time doing what you think you're supposed to do to develop business. It's interesting. We've heard different guests talk about that. If you're out there doing something that makes you uncomfortable, it pretty much shows. And frankly, you're going to dread doing it. Typically, people will find one or several things that will lead to growth and establishing a network that are comfortable. And it is you know, something that they really enjoy. We do encourage folks to try a few different things. If you don't think you're going to like it, you may be surprised. You may surprise yourself. Business development's not a personality trait. It's a skill set. Any lawyer, any professional can find something. I'd be surprised if there wasn't one thing that felt comfortable. And now a word from our sponsor. Used by over 100,000 attorneys nationwide, Lawline makes continuing legal education easy and interesting. Save $100 today on an unlimited subscription by going to lawline.com backslash leftfoot. Christina, I know that you have a blog. You're out there talking about your specialty and, and what you do. Can you share a success story where you were either surprised or pleasantly excited about the fact that you were able to either acquire a client that previously was using another firm? Some success story of where you saw your efforts out in the market pay off in a way that, again, was, was surprising to you. Yeah, I guess I actually have a lot of those stories. They're all a different version of the same thing. Back to our conversation a minute or two ago about up-and-coming attorneys being too eager to get it dialed in. I think so many of my stories really attest to the fact that sometimes if you're just patient, good things will come eventually. So saying that, you know, I have many different versions of the same story, it has happened to me quite a few times now where my phone is rang and I've answered it and out of the blue on the other line is, hi, this is, you know, so-and-so CFO at a very large company. A copy of a PowerPoint presentation you gave at a conference was just put on my desk. And we have a need for someone with your expertise. Would you be willing to help us? And I have a half an hour call with them and they say, great. Okay. When can you start? 
it never would have been fathomable to me that that's how I would have gotten business even four years ago. It took time for me to develop this expertise and reputation, but now that I have, the business development really does sort of happen much more easily. The couple of times that that has happened, that's been great. I also had one fairly recently where I gave a presentation to an industry group and got a call two or three days later from a retail client, now retail client, who said, we heard your presentation. We've known of you. We've been using this other firm for quite a while to do this type of work and we're ready for a change. And I've gotten two or three cases since from them. Sometimes being in the right place at the right time, but just putting yourself out there and establishing yourself as an expert. One other story that was actually fun for me was it kind of ties into, I think, one other theme or habit that has really worked for me throughout my career is to be a business partner uh, with my clients. And one thing that I've been told that I'm quite good at is being very, very organized and being able to handle not necessarily legally complex matters, but factually complex matters that have things that have a lot of moving parts. So being highly organized and then seeing these matters through to a conclusion so that the practical business solution is resolved rather than us always digging for the perfect legal answer, but helping them get to the most efficient, best solution in light of the business reality is getting them to that point as efficiently as possible. I had a client that's been an existing employment client for a while. They called and said, we have a hazardous waste matter. Can you help us with it? Well, that's not my area at all. I would need to bring in a subject matter expert. They said, okay, that's fine. We can have subject matter, you know, consulting on it. But, you know, we'd like you to help us deal with the opposing party that we're working with here because we just want to try to resolve this. Through that, I helped basically negotiate that deal solved the business problem for them. And then they told uh, a competitor business, but with whom they're on a similar industry group, that I had helped them resolve this matter. And I got a call out of the blue from this other company saying, so-and-so referred you to us and said that you did a really great job helping them solve this problem. And we'd like to hire you to help us solve ours. So even outside of my practice area, having these traits or habits, being able to work with the business to dig in and partner with them to solve their business problem, not treating it purely as a lawsuit or a legal problem, but as a business problem for them and get that to a resolution has been something that served me quite well as well. Question on that, because I, I do think that obviously in any, you know, what we call our discipline, right? Your discipline being law, that that is one aspect of what you bring, right? And then of course your specialty, and then of course the business savvy, the knowledge of your clients, the knowledge of their industries that have to be learned and that you have to spend time knowing those businesses so that you can have effective conversations. Has your approach changed over the years as the markets changed and the competitive nature of what's going on in the legal space has changed and as in-house legal departments have grown? I think that I, I really lucked out in terms of one, the firm that I landed at and two, some of the mentors that I have had. I do know, you know, even within my firm that I ended up working with some people early on, it was their philosophy to just really zero in on what is the problem we're trying to solve here. And it is our job, because we only represent businesses, to help these businesses know what their options are, because everything to them ultimately is a business decision. So provide them with the options to solve their practical business 
problem in a practical way. Sometimes an attorney might give a business a bunch of options, but none of them really fit within the realities of the business within which this company operates. So they aren't really options. Being trained on that from really the very beginning, that should be the way my thinking is rather than you get a case and there's a legal issue and you need to find the absolute right answer. Because in business, there often is not one right answer. There's various ways of solving a problem within the law. And then also doing it in a very efficient way, always always thinking, can we be doing this better? I mean, there is never, even still, never a time where I'm not thinking, huh, okay, is there some way that we could be doing this that is more efficient in some way? And I'm constantly telling associates who work with me, these are the systems that I've developed throughout the years that ensure that we work up a case as efficiently as possible, that we don't touch anything twice, that we get you know maximum value out of every single step that we're doing because that's our obligation to the client is they need to be getting top value out of every single action, every single minute we're spending working on the case. But if you think you can think of a better, more efficient way to do it, please tell me because we should constantly be looking for those ways to improve efficiencies. I think over the years, what has changed is industry-wide, there's been a greater focus on doing those sorts of things. So the things that Cy Forrest and that my mentors had taught me from the very beginning and that were really ingrained within the culture at Cy Forrest. You know, we've, we have a Cy Forrest lean discipline and practice and all sorts of other tools that we've always used here to make sure we're maximizing efficiencies, that that's become a little bit more widespread across the legal industry. But there's also been, in, in which I guess that also shows, you know, it means we can't ever rest on our laurels, even if it were possibly within our capacity to do that. Our, it's more our culture just constantly be looking for how we can continue to improve. But there's also the increased need to really, really understand your client's business and the industry and to stay completely up to date all the time on all the developments in the client's industry. And that is changing so much more quickly now too. So it's that much more important to be staying up to date on those things. I think those were always really important things, but they seem to be even more important now because so many of our competitors have keyed into them as well now. One other thing that we've always done that is so important yet has turned out to be really fun at the same time is having culture and habit of engaging in voice of the client. Always circling back with our clients and finding out what do we do well? What don't we do well? What could we do better? And then showing them, yes, we are listening to you and immediately executing or finding ways to either do even better the things that we're doing well for them or to make changes to quickly rectify any of the things that we're not doing as well as as we could be. Fantastic comments. It's a very complete set of recommendations and thank you for that. One of the things that we're hearing from general counsel we talked to is the difference for them and who they select as the lawyer in a particular area that they're going to work with. They're going to select the lawyer that understands the business pressures they're under. And that's inclusive of many of the things you noted, understanding their industry, understanding that they need to be efficient, that there are various answers to the question, right? There's not just one. And then the thing 
thing we hear a lot from general counsel is they want their outside lawyers to understand the time pressures they're under. Very often what they're looking for is the best answer they can get before they have to make a decision, (laughs) not the best answer they could get, assuming there's unlimited time. All great points. Another thing that has changed, I think, and that's being responsive. Quite often when a client has a problem, an in-house client especially, they, they quite often need an answer now. While we hear so much in the news about trying to be able to keep working hours within a certain time frame in this line of business, being there when your clients need you and being able to help them work through a problem right there on the spot is really, really important as well. I was reading in one of the push emails that I get from one of the legal publications, there was a point about Cypherth and technology. The technology that was mentioned was Blue Prism. And it was talking about your firm's dedication to looking at technology as a way to become more efficient and to provide a level of service to your clients. What have you seen, whether it's Blue Prism or something else, what have you seen in the practice of law that you feel is innovative? The Blue Prism development, I think that was just announced yesterday. So that's really exciting and we're all really excited to see how how that can improve efficiencies and improve client service. Apart from that, I mean, I think there's so much that we take for granted now. Like SharePoint sites and secure sites. Right. And those have been around for a while. I'm trying to think of, you know, things that are really new, like the the Blue Prism or other developments. You know, I mean, things that we've been doing for a while are things like, you know, our Cypharth client-facing site. So it's called Cypharth Link. It's a way that we can have a collaborative platform with clients and have client-specific sites. And we've been able to do all sorts of really innovative iterations of it that are client-specific that help them meet their their various needs and help them even manage some fairly complex deals or complex problems within the client and or large teams of attorneys. And we have numerous examples that seems like each time we come to a firm meeting, we have a team that will come and demonstrate something that they have built for a client to solve a client-specific problem. And, you know, they even have metrics on the amount of time that it has saved the client as well as time it has saved in attorney time and outside counsel time, like our areas of immigration and real estate and even, you know, M&A and deals. So things outside of my practice area that are fascinating to see what they've come up with and the tangible results it has shown. And then it always gets, you know, all of the rest of our brains going as to how those sorts of innovations can be adapted into different practice areas or different clients. One thing, it's sort of intangible because we were able to modify it to meet our clients' needs, but it's been a great solution. And I know that they are continuing to work on improvements to it as well. We're hearing a lot. I was at Legal Week last week and there was a lot of talk about whatever we can do to either have an in-house legal department, look at projects and see where there are efficiencies. And I think, what a great point, right? Let's look at where we can take best practices and incorporate those into the work we're doing, whether that's how we build clients or how we organize information. It's such a different world than 20 years ago. Right. And when we build these systems, we bring our project managers with us too. So we have a legal management team and we have a team of legal technologists as well, which it really does help to have these folks that are trained in areas other than just law to be developed 
suggesting a more holistic solution for our clients. Had the opportunity to see the co-managing partner of DLA Piper speak last week, and he said that law firms now are large enterprises, and there's all these other people that are part of the business and make the business function effectively. We're getting close to our time. I have a few more questions. Did want to give you the opportunity if there was additional advice you would give to those starting out. Some of what we talked about before, develop an expertise, a niche, figure out what you really love in life, you know, not just within your substantive area. One thing I always tell people as well is never stop learning. Even folks who maybe come to work for us here, but then decide that it's not right for them or some other job, every single job that I had before I ended up here, every single client I've had and project I've worked on, even if I decided that's not really for me, that area of the law or whatever, I learned something from it that you can take and learn more about yourself and become more well-rounded. Don't ever think that you're not getting something out of every single experience you have that you can take with you and and use to to build upon yourself professionally and, and personally. When you really stop and think about it, it's amazing how I realized that so much of who I am today and what I do today was actually formed by a lot of other experiences. Some of them were actually otherwise really bad experiences, but they still taught me something. You know, even if you're in a job or a place that you hate, the person working next to you might end up being a potential client someday. So treat every single person you come into contact with absolutely the same kindness and respect and try to form relationships. You never know, apart from just being a good person, you just never know who you'll meet. Fantastic. I so appreciate your enthusiasm, Christina. Any other points you'd like to share with our listeners before we say goodbye? Enjoy it. Business development can be fun and not so scary if you have fun with it. Christina, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Left Foot. Be sure to visit www.leftfoot.net to access show notes, sign up for our weekday series, and embrace what it means to lead with the left foot.